0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Glass Heats Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. My name is Bernal, and this week in hockey, I'm feeling like it's the 80s. Yeah. Is fighting back in the NHL? I think fighting is back. 20- is, it, is it just me, or have there been more fights? There's there, people have some pent up aggression. I would say, yeah, yeah. some uh, some bad blood, I guess. Yeah, like we're seeing fights from like storylines that happened in the playoffs, and like just in general, anytime like I turn on a game, mm-hmm. it gets a little frosty. Yeah, and it's reminding me of like, like I said, '80s because uh. it's like the famous, but like even like '2000s when we started watching, yeah. like there was Rem- a lot more fights. Remember the good old days of uh, as as sharks fans. I would love when they play the Ducks, because it was always a George Peros versus Jody Shelley maybe fight. Dude, I freaking loved Jody Shelley. Yeah. I know he's more known as a blue jacket. Yeah. But God damn, that guy was good. Yeah. Him and, uh, what was it, Ryan Clough Ryan Clough, yeah. Oh, man. that Those guys, I, if I'm in a bar fight, I'm picking both yeah. those guys. Had in uh, Douglas Murray throwing some big hits. Oh, yeah. The crankshaft, yeah. But yeah, it really feels like physicality is kind of up this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of looked at it and most teams are at like three to four games played Mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, They've already been 20 fights this season. Love it. Love it. That's insane. And it's not just um, it's not just the enforcers, as you had said, Um, but yeah, we got starts fighting too. Mark Shifley versus Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Kachuk we saw this coming like he, he's never been back down from a fight yeah but mark shifley mark shifley is impressive yeah and like uh yeah jordan eberle was the other one though that was from the playoffs that was kind of expected i think he he it would have been in bad taste if he didn't step up honestly yeah if you guys didn't see that game um i think eberle threw a hit that resulted in cogliano having um a fractured neck fractured neck yeah, yeah. it was it was a dirty hit for sure um and it was uh, accidental, but it was still dirty. So. And that fight was a minute 20 into the game. So yeah. he knew. Everyone knew. Everyone yeah. knew. Everyone on the Avalanche roster circled that game. And everyone on the Seattle roster also circled that game, I think. Everyone kind of knew this was going to come come down to it. Can I just add a little side tangent here? Mm-hmm. When they added the expansion franchises... There was always this idea of, oh, these are good cities to add uh, because there's a natural rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. So they were expecting like Vegas and Arizona to be like Battle of the Desert mm-hmm. and then like Seattle and Vancouver to be like Battle of the Pacific Northwest. It never works out that way. Yeah. But the the rivalries that have showed up are Vegas and everybody in California. Yeah. They all hate them. Yeah. <laughs> and now it looks like Seattle and Colorado. Yeah. I would not have seen that one. Yeah. If yeah. San Jose stayed competitive, I guess they could have been a Vegas rival. Um, at this I mean, point, Vegas walks all over all of California. I think they are a Vegas rival anyway. I, like, even though the teams are vastly different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. When they play each other, there is still hatred. Yeah. I mean, there's also it's a, little bit of, a little bit of beef between the fans, too. But um, yeah, it's, I, I'm kind of appreciative of the fact that, you know, sometimes it just doesn't pan out the way you expect it. Like, mm-hmm. a Seattle-Colorado rivalry is kind of <laughs> unexpected, but cool. I don't know. Yeah. Rivalry of the the hiking areas? Yeah. And I... <laughs> <the> hiking? <laughs> sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else they have in common. Uh, weed. <laughs> weed. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Our butt is better! <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, this was also the case in uh, in in Colorado versus Detroit too, right? Back when you know Detroit was still a Western Conference team, or yeah, I think um, granted, you know Pittsburgh Philly makes sense, but like th- there or Boston Montreal, that's another good one, right? Never expected rival- rivalries out of that, but I don't know. Now it's like boiling down into each other, so yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. brought an element of like hockey that. I think was a little bit missing and like this intense, like hatred, Mm -hmm. like for a while there in like the late 2010s to like early 2020s, it suddenly became about this, like, um, well, I'm speaking from my own experience. You Mm -hmm. can add on, but it became about this like intense skill game, right? It still is. It still is. Yeah. But it was to the point where like a little bit of physicality or, um, like, a little bit of anger-ness was kind of looked down upon a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, all the top teams were all about speed and skill. Do you think that was also intentional? I don't know if it was, like, intentional, intentional, mm-hmm. but it was the trend of the time. Yeah. And now what we're seeing is that skill hasn't gone away, mm-hmm. but we've added in... We've added back in... There's the, a little bit of vengeance, I the, think. Yeah. The yeah. size and the hitting. And I, I to add on to that, I think... So... Yeah, actually, last last playoff series where it was Tampa, Toronto, and we saw Steven Stamkos basically ragdoll Austin Matthews. Oh yeah, and then immediately they picked up Ryan Reeves, right? From, yeah, from Minnesota, maybe or not they, just Ryan Reeves. They picked up Ryan Reeves, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Max Domi. Yeah, <laughs> the three, yeah, three tough guys. And I mean, it makes sense. Like if you're gonna have if you're gonna have um you know elite talent, you got to have hands to back it up too. You can't have your your star I, player getting ragnold, i will say though you have to have hands to back it up because the refs don't do a great job yeah but uh
1: is that why on. do
0: you think do you think yeah. maybe like a lot of this physicality is up because the refs aren't doing anything about it look if you got penalties every time you cross-checked someone you just stop cross-checking them right yeah because at that point it's disadvantaged to keep putting the other team's power play out there yeah but instead, you don't, so you can just shove someone around, mm-hmm. and your only deterrent is to have someone bigger on your team that'll shove them around. Right. I, I don't want to say, like, you know, the league gets together and talks about this. Oh, should we, should we be calling, like, more stuff? Should we be calling less stuff? But at the same time, I'm sure there's some sort of discussion where, you know, our, our calls interrupting the flow of the game. Should we let the players kind of take it in their own hands type of deal? Yeah, like I'm sure there are because you see it at the beginning of every season. You're seeing it right now yeah. that they decide on something to crack down on. But come January, it's a little bit less. Come yeah. March, it's a little bit less. Come playoffs, it's gone. See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it? Are these players just fired up? Are they remembering the bad blood from the playoffs, especially in you know the Seattle, Colorado areas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it just you know like are yeah are they just happy hockey's back and are they just you know getting it out of their system now? No, I think some element of physicality is back. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's not just a fighting right. Mm-hmm. I've noticed more hitting, more big hits. Yeah, I saw um, a few like clean hip checks. Yeah, and like those were rare. Yeah, you know the. I will say as much as great as it is, one thing that just absolutely just I cannot get behind it. Um, and it's happened to Vegas like twice this year already, a clean hit, perfect hit is thrown yeah. and then the guy gets jumped yeah. I, by I, why, why? I mean, you want, you want to make, wanna it make be, sense. You don't want to let someone keep hitting your player, right? Even if it's clean, you want that player to think twice about hitting them again. Right. Right. But I, I don't know. I feel like when we first started watching, it was like, if you got hit, you took it and you got up and you know you would try to hit the guy back cleanly eventually but but what if on your team there isn't someone who can hit him back isn't that a roster problem at that point yeah but a gm problem yeah but that gm problem is gonna be solved months from now you got to do something right now right fair fair okay yeah yeah you gotta like if you don't have a player on your team that has the skill to throw that hit Mm -hmm. then you gotta do something else right yeah that makes sense yeah it, yeah, I don't know. It's I. I mean, I'm I'm not complaining by any means. I love the fact that the physicality is up. I would also just very minor complaint. I just wish you know the NHL was a little bit more public about it. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was twenty fights. Like I knew there yeah. was a couple fights here and there, but like yeah. I think you know the NHL's had legal trouble with like concussion protocol and thing. And you know we're saying we like the physicality, mm-hmm. but not at the expense of safety, of course. Right, like of course. you can't be throwing elbows to the head. Of course not. Yeah, I but, mean, yeah. yeah. That's actually a perfect segue because um our next topic we wanted to talk about is uh the yeah. unfortunate injury bug. Yeah, I mean going hand to hand with the physicality, you're gonna have some injuries, yeah. but like you got a feel for Kirby Doc in Montreal. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Three games, something like that. Yeah. Out so Kirby oh. Doc is out for the season with a torn MCL and a torn ACL. Um, I don't know if you saw the play, but I didn't know. It was a clean hit. But, um, against the boards and or uh, I should say against the bench mm-hmm. and he fell into the bench, but mm-hmm. what happened was his leg got stuck between the boards and the guy hitting him. Ooh, Dang, so it yeah. extended his knee. And, so it, yeah. that's, that's borderline. That is a freak accident. Yeah. You, you yeah. couldn't try that again. That wasn't por- intentional. Yeah. And you know, had his leg been at a slightly different angle, he'd be fine right now. Yeah. But yeah, that that happens in hockey. Yeah. That is unfortunate. That is, see, this is what I mean by like. I I don't think the Jordan Everly hit on I believe it was Cogliano uh, last yeah. playoffs. I don't think it was there was any malice behind oh, it. Oh, No, all fights they're friends. Yeah, but it's still a dirty hit, right? Yeah. So like, and I'm sure he felt terrible about it, but he owned up to it via fight. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It is one of those unfortunate part of the games, and you know, I, Brandon Tannov's uh, injury, big player for the Kraken, and I think yeah. that presence is already showing i don't think the kraken have won a game yet it's it's four games in so far um it yeah it's showing the, when you see these big players kind of get taken out so early you're like dang <laughs> and say and we talked about you know the the vassy injury as well tampa's not been looking too great either so yeah yeah i mean vasilevsky's out for a couple months i think they noted that but um yeah tanev is rough gabe velarde and winnipeg is rough too mm-hmm. that's a new player on a new team right yeah so um Especially when you have guys who are trying to, like, prove something, you know? Yeah. Or trying to earn maybe that next contract. We saw to to draw a parallel in the NBA, we had Isaiah Thomas just absolutely lights out for the Celtics, dealt with a lot of injury trouble, just was bouncing around the league. And the fact that he can still ball, but he's not, he doesn't have a contract now. Yeah. You know, he's, it, he's too injury prone. He's too this, he's too that. It sucks. It's just a lot of sports, unfortunately, is about staying healthy at the right times. Yeah. And so. I think going back to Kirby Dock, that's the big concern, right? Yeah. He's a young guy. He's young. He's, I think, 22. Um yeah. I was looking at his stats earlier today. And the other concern is that um, last season, he also missed significant time. He yeah. only played 58 games yeah. last season. Yeah. And for Montreal, who is this rebuilding team, trying to get their youth to gel right now. That's mm-hmm. their biggest concern. Yeah. To be missing Kirby Doc for a season. They've been looking good so far, but yeah, it's four games into the season and he's, he's done. And so. that's that's a big piece, or someone you were hoping would be a big piece. Yeah. That's not going to get a chance to develop with the rest of the team now. Yeah. So, and... um. You know, knee injuries for hockey players are tough. Mm-hmm. Coming back, it takes either it takes a long time to get back to your current form or you never get there. Yeah. Like uh, Tomáš Hurdle. Yeah. He was T- never the same after that. Bronny, yeah. Right? He still turned out to be a f- really good player, but... He, he was not four goals in a, in a game. He type. was some other level before. I forgot if it was MCL or ACL, but yeah. a knee surgery. Yeah. And uh, this actually raises a question to me. Um, do you think... We should, you know, physicality is on the rise, but should fighting be more prevalent to like prevent certain types of injuries like this? Because you can't, you can't, you know, the freak accidents happen; they will happen. That's just part yeah. of sports. Mm-hmm. But will the fighting, you know, kind of even out the the possibility of more horrific injuries like this? Uh, I think looking at fighting to prevent that mm-hmm. is the wrong way to think about it. Right? Okay. Like I understand fighting from passion point of view. Yes. Like hockey gets very passionate. Yeah. And you know, when you have uh players who get injured or, you know, you someone's being shoving your stars around, I understand why the fighting is there. That makes sense, yeah. But as this like injury deterrent, mm-hmm. no. You got four stripes on the ice. That's yeah. what they're for. Yeah. Right. Then still the, the as you have said earlier, the game has become so elite skill based, it moves too fast for human ref eyes, in my opinion. And it's it's not you know what I mean. It's not saying that the refs aren't are underqualified, but the but, game is so fast. Yeah. So like, are you trying to stop accidents? Because yes, I, I don't think you can. Accidents happen mm-hmm. even in non-contact sports. Mm-hmm. Like so, like, know, like let's say even accidental dirty hits. You know what I mean. Like so, if a hit is thrown and it wasn't meant to be a dirty hit, it ended up being one. Yeah. Like Cla- classic example was the Everly hit, right? Yeah then i mean it's not about the on ice official at that point right there's reviews for this right okay and That's suspensions true. for this another part of nhl discipline which they do terribly yeah <laughs> i was gonna say like the uh the player safety is um questionable at yeah. times yeah and especially they'll they take into account things like if it's the playoffs mm-hmm. which i understand from like fans sucks if you know Someone throws a hit that wasn't meant to be dirty, but it was. Yeah, you know, and then they miss two games in a critical series. Mm-hmm. I get that sucks for fans, but if you really took safety into concern, what time of year it is shouldn't matter, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I re- think we talked about this last playoffs where it's not, it's not just about you know your your fourth liner guy stepping up. It's not just about the depth or you know things working out. It's just there's a lot of luck in this. Um, and and, you know, like the reason Vegas was able to win this past season is they did have a little bit of luck in terms of like, you know, the injuries worked out. Every single hockey champion has some sort of luck. Some sort of luck. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, you know, I'm not going to sit here and debate it, but Mark Stone was healthy for the playoffs and that helped Vegas quite a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of luck involved in it. It's hard to say. Hockey in general is such a luck based sport, right? Yeah. Who's the worst team in the league right now? i think the kraken right like via standings like who do you think personally is the worst oh, the team? Sharks. the, the I sharks? sharks are the worst yeah. who do you think is the best Vegas. so in a vegas versus sharks game is it guaranteed vegas will win no of course not that's why yeah. the nhl loves their betting odds you know yeah <laughs> <So laughs> It hockey is so luck-based like you cannot yeah. guarantee anything yeah right i actually i i side tangent but i was looking at the uh you can toggle on and off a betting odds thing on the NHL app now. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, the the Vancouver Canucks were high. They were playing the Flyers, and it was so lopsided in favor of the Canucks. And the Flyers won 2 0. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, it, even the odds makers don't know. Yeah. So, a lot of it, it's like the, I'm not going to say it's like the stock market, but it's kind of like the stock market. <laughs> so, you're taking uh, Vancouver to the moon? Yeah, of course. Canuck coin. <laughs> Canuck coin. <laughs> That's, that's kind of got a ring to it, though. Uh, I like that. Should have thought of that when NFTs were a thing. <clears throat> Dang it. Yeah, you're right. Missed the boat. Yeah. So, I mean, freak accidents are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any changes of rules can do that, right? But if you want... What you can change like to prevent that is if someone's in a compromised position where you could get away with a clean hit, but it's not... You don't know if uh, you might, you know... Right now, if you're in that situation it's better for you to make that hit because you know the punisher probably isn't going to be that bad yeah so if you really want to cut it down on those 50 50 plays you want players thinking don't take the hit Mm. right in which case you have to be consistent with your suspensions and you have to be uh you know yeah consistent yeah i so that actually makes me wonder do you think the coaches depending on time of year do do you think they intentionally tell you know a certain player hey? Don't friggin' fight the guy. Let the refs take care of it. We'd rather get a you know a power play out of this. Oh yeah, over, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, cause, I've seen teams do it where but, they they'll goad someone into a fight and then not fight so that the ref gives them a uh, uh, penalty. Right. So, do you think in that case is that more worth it or sending a message a more effective strategy? Because you got a seven game series, right? Yeah. For it, the playoffs, it entirely depends, right? Like, mm. if this is a series clinching game, maybe you want that power play. It, oh yeah if it's not maybe you want to send a message and you can take the upper hand in the next few games yeah dang you're right just look at um what st louis has run yeah they sent the message and it paid out for them they were evenly matched in the beginning of every series Mm -hmm. and ran away with it at the end Mm -hmm. dang you're so yeah you're right yeah wow that was a that was a good strategy to incorporate i mean again it's unfortunate that fighting can't You know, prevent injuries. Obviously, that's part of the game, but I don't know. It's it would be cool to dissect that a little bit further. I guess. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, the NHL has made some changes that I do agree with. Like the if your helmet falls off, you either have to put it on or go to the bench. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good change. Did you see that? (laughs) I think Bedard got fined or something. Yeah, (laughs) because he took warm ups without a helmet. Yeah, and the the boys were like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, we (laughs) got it. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. It's it's cool to see that they're trying to make the the sport a little bit more safer but i do i do agree with the fact that you know there was there was a period where it was getting a little bit too skill heavy and yeah. it lost that soul i guess because i don't know any other sport other than you know mma ufc where mm. fighting is allowed in the sport like that i mean it's not the fighting per se it's that little bit of grit and the little yeah. bit of feistiness Anger, right yeah. like Fighting's not legal in soccer. Yes. But when you see who those players, like, fighting for position and, like, getting in each other's face, that's the grit we're yeah, talking about, right? that's the part that gets, you know, clipped on Instagram. and Yeah, when you see them, like, literally yelling at each other, like, yeah. an inch from their face, yeah. like, that's what the passion is yeah. there, right? Yeah. Right now, the, the passion you saw when it was super skill-heavy was, you know, people doing crazy dekes and things like that, and the celebrations, yeah. which were so cool to see. Mm-hmm. But um, the competition level... It kind of became a little bit like a special teams or a shootout battle every game, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, That's exaggerating, but I'm trying to make a point here. But now you have that element along with the little grittiness and the you know face offs aren't super clean anymore. Mm -hmm. You get in each other's face a little bit. Yeah, I'm hoping that also like kind of translates a little bit more to um, making hockey a little bit more mainstream Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to. uh, Do you remember when uh, when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, and it was just him and Russell Westbrook just beefing every time they could, or him and yeah. then, okay, so he basically beefing at any time they could. and there were just so many clips made out of that, and the NBA was probably loving it. Well, the PR team was probably loving yeah. it. i It almost makes me wish you know that some of these rivalries, as long as it's not getting like hostile, um, would develop a little bit further. There's a, there's a, there's a marketing aspect to it um, that I feel like the NHL doesn't really capitalize on. That's why I'm also upset about them not showing high, you know, the, yeah, it, the fights or hits it anymore. It definitely differentiates the NHL from the other big four. What do you mean? The the fighting aspect. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. physicality, mm-hmm. right? Like, football is the only one that comes close to that level of physicality. Yeah. Which makes me... Yeah, that's just why I'm so surprised that they just don't embrace it as part of the sport, as yeah. it has always been part of the sport. Um, you know, the broad street bullies, as they, as they used to call the Flyers. Obviously, hopefully, this is trending in the right direction in mm-hmm. terms of making it more public, but... Yeah, it's it's a very tricky situation. I feel like the whole, the league is kind of walking on eggshells here, so. Yeah, you know, you don't want to end up in an 80s situation where you just had elbows to the head yeah. and concussions everywhere, yeah. you know. So you want to you want that fine line of physicality without the expense of your star at, players. Your star players and player health in general. Right? Yeah. Like not saying there would never be no physicality, right? Yeah. You playing a sport, yeah. you realize there is some level of physicality. But I wonder if we'll ever find that fine line. I think you can. Like, can I take an example from Formula One? Yeah. Is driving a race car at almost 200 miles an hour ever going to be safe? No. But they've done major steps to make it way safer than it was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Even if it was met with backlash initially, right? So, And like, you know, they compromise in other places. The cars are much bigger now. They're much heavier now. Yeah. But if a uh, driver goes into a wall, there's a much higher chance they'll survive. Yeah. You know? Because at the end of the day, the car weight. And all that doesn't matter if the guy is no longer alive after an accident. Yeah, that's secondary, right? Yeah, so. so there definitely is a way to find a balance. Mm-hmm. And like I'm saying, like if you were serious about it, you take into account things like suspensions and discipline for people who step out of line. Yeah. Another example from F1 was um, the track limits, mm-hmm. where a few years ago, they said, okay, at certain corners, if you exceed the track limit, like you go off track, Yeah. Uh, it may or may not be a penalty depending on what corner you did it. And if you gained time, mm. it became so freaking confusing because at what every track you'd have to know, okay, what corners are limits enforced? And then every day to review, each one to see, did they gain time? Did they not until about two or three years ago, mm. they just said blanket. If you cross the line, you get five second penalty. Mm. Can you make hockey that black and white? It's so fast, right? Some things I think you can, right? Yeah. Like, my favorite one, distinct kicking motion. It's <laughs> such a bullshit. Or goal interference. That's my favorite. I don't know yeah. what's goal, goal interference, interference anymore. I think, is harder to make black and white. Yeah. Distinct kicking motion, I would say, if your skate leaves the ice, no goal. Mm. But if you kick it and your skate stays on the ice, I don't care. Yeah. I think that's a skill play that should count. Yeah. So... Interesting, really? Yeah. Wow. That's, just make it black and white. Is it on the ice or is it not on the ice? <laughs> that is a contro- I feel like that was a controversial take. Like, you know what I think hockey does well is offsides. Yes. Like, the offsides review is painful, but the rule is clear. Yeah. Is the puck first or the player first? Yeah. You know? When we first started watching, I don't even think offside cameras were... They were kind of a thing, but I not don't really. think they were for public viewing. Like, the refs could see Yeah, them, that's I what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, and to have... You, you know, obviously, I'm I'm just biased because I like the fan aspect of it too but to show that on the on the jumbotron especially on a playoffs game where like it could make a difference yeah you know game seven like are they offside or not it's i think it's added an extra level of drama to it yeah and i think it's it's you know these are all things that i think are good for the league yeah and i feel like as opposed to leaning into uh or leaning away from you know controversial things just embrace it you know yeah so I don't know. Like, there are parts of your sport that are always going to be Uniquely hockey. Yeah. yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. And embrace making it safe to play those parts. Of course, you know? yeah. 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 All right. Uh, we got one last story for today. Yeah. Do you know about player escrow and what's going on with some of these rosters? No. Why don't you explain? Yeah. So, opening night, which was game one for these, there was four teams mm. that had to play short where mm. they didn't have... Enough skaters to ice a full lineup. And yeah. this was Edmonton, Vancouver, uh, the Kings, and Ottawa. Yes. Um, basically, what's happening is because uh, since 2020 in the pandemic, the salary cap has gone up very little. Yeah. So now there's a bunch of players that are, or a bunch of teams that are very close to the salary cap and uh, they're having trouble fitting a max roster. Mm-hmm. So by NHL rules, you're allowed to carry 23 players. Yes. In any given game, 20 play. Mm-hmm. All right, but you're allowed three spares basically to mm-hmm. send the press box. There, this team this year there are 20 teams that were below the 23 player max, mm-hmm. which is the highest since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, last year there were 15 teams that were below, and 10 teams the year before that. Yeah, so that results in a total of 29 NHL spots mm-hmm. that no one's in, and those players are. Playing in the A, playing in the uh, junior leagues, wherever they're yeah. in developmental leagues. Yeah. Right. So that's something the NHL PA, I think, should be interested in. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's 29 jobs that are just, vacant, just vacant. Yeah. And teams cannot, aff- literally cannot afford to put someone in. Yeah. So then that obviously brings up the question of, okay, why is the cap not increasing? Right. So the NHL. And the players association have a 50-50 revenue split. Mm -hmm. So this means hockey-related revenue, like ticket sales and all those other things that are associated with it, are supposed to be 50-50 split between the players and the owners. Yeah. So how this works, player salaries are paid out, right, based on whatever contracts and things that they're offered. A percentage of every player's salary is pulled out. Mm -hmm. This is known as escrow. And that sits in a pot until the end of the year. At the end of the year, they evaluate okay, how much did hockey related revenue generate and how much were the players paid? So let's say uh, hockey related revenue, I'm making numbers up, right? So hockey related revenue, let's say it was 200 million. Players were paid 300 million total. This is every single player on every single team total. Yeah. Right? That's not 50 50 because that would be 250 each, right? Yeah. So that means 50 million is pulled out of this escrow bucket mm-hmm. and given to the owners and the rest is given back to the players so that it's 50-50 split right so um because hockey related revenue was so low during um the pandemic because mm-hmm. there was the pandemic yeah. yeah there was no ticket sales yeah. and there's a pandemic going on mm-hmm. the players are now technically in debt to right. the owners yeah so um the NHL play this past season tried to get a little bit bigger bump than I think it was like one million ish mm-hmm. for the salary cap. They tried to get a little bit bigger bump. The NHL was unwilling to do so unless the players agreed to a higher percentage of escrow taken. Right, which sucks for players because when you sign a contract, you're you're expecting a certain amount, and now you might yeah, and now you're not getting that money right based so, on factors that are also out of your control. It's not like a player yeah, bonus or anything. This is based off how many like you could be playing in Edmonton, and because florida didn't sell enough tickets you're losing money yeah right which is why everyone should be mad at the whole arizona situation right now oh yeah that's a whole other thing too yeah but um so that's the deal right and they didn't want to increase the escrow so they took the lower salary cap which is now resulting in this squeeze um and it's resulting in the depth players that are losing their jobs right mm-hmm. like the top end mcdavid matthews mckinnon they're getting their money yeah but it's the third and fourth liners, right? Yeah, and not just them, because those third and fourth liners aren't getting NHL slots; they're getting sent down to the AHL. That means players who were third and fourth liners in the AHL might be out of a job entirely. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking AHL players, we're not talking big money. Yeah, this is like average salaries. Yeah, <clears throat> like to to be transparent, most software engineer salaries tend to be at least in the higher end of software yeah. engineers. They tend to be equivalent if not more than some of these ahl players yeah so like the disparity between an ahl contract and an nhl contract is insane yes like um there's a the athletic uh article had that was on this i'll link it in the description if you guys were interested mm-hmm. but um they took jujar Kara as an example his nhl salary is around 700k right and his ahl salaries are around 100k yeah so that guy just lost 600k because of this yeah it's 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 not right. Like, I mean, again, as you have said, it's fine for players that are making millions and have been making millions and will continue to make millions. Yeah. But even even if you're on a one million contract and half of it, 500 grand goes to, goes to this escrow bucket and you don't get it because of, I don't know, a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, half your salary, I would be so angry about that. Yeah, so now there's players that are losing money and there's fewer jobs in the NHL, right? So I'd be interested to see what the NHLPA going to do about this what is your solution if you, i mean obviously you're not on the pa but it, what is if you had an immediate fix i mean immediate fix would be i would have taken the up the cap and um reduce the or increase the escrow yeah right because it's i think that's like the collective good answer mm-hmm. you get more jobs in yeah and with more nhl quality players ideally you would have more ticket sales yeah. i don't know if that actually corresponds but that would be my mindset yeah You say that, but you say immediately. So you're saying it's not like a good long-term solution. Well, because you would still want the escrow to come back down. Right. right? Which is the key. Mm -hmm. Because I think players that are saying, oh, if the escrow goes up, there's no guarantee you'll ever bring it back down. Mm. Right. So you need to have escrow tied to something that would help it controlled. Yeah. So that would be the key to getting that to work long-term, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, The other thing, rumor that's come out now is, is the energy going to expand more? Mm -hmm. Because it adds more jobs. And um, gives you more, the balance of player salaries change because now there's another team in the mix. Can they afford to expand right now? I mean, what do you mean by afford? The team that's going to buy in is going to pay, it's rumored, a billion dollars. That's true. Yeah, it is a city. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Seattle play, paid 650 mil, I, I think, somewhere around that range. Yeah, but just the Senators the team, yeah. just sold for 950. Yeah. So a billion is next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wow in terms of from the fan experience or the team experience, I don't know if expanding is going to make the league better, mm-hmm. um, especially with the Arizona situation going on, but it, it's definitely not right that a player will ink a contract, especially if they're not, you know, a superstar, if they're just some depth player, yeah. some fourth liner and they're, it's a two way contract. And, you know, and you're signing that and you're like, I don't know if I'm, if I can buy this Bentley or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Um, so yeah, the am I rich or am I just average? Yeah, That's am I rich talking. or am I 400 grand in debt soon? And, the, and like the difference is, even if that player would be sitting in the press box, like he would be called up to the NHL team but not make the roster, yeah, he'd still get paid his NHL salary, mm-hmm. which is hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's strange, yeah. I don't know, it's it's a weird, I don't know, it's a weird juxtaposition, but at the same time given that we had a pandemic and there's so many external factors, you know, the fact that the NHL doesn't have a main broadcast channel or something. um, There's so many factors that are out of the players control that kind of just, you have to almost do financial gymnastics at this point. Yeah. And the whole escrow situation is only going to change at the next CBA bargaining time, which I don't have here on like what the exact year is. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you end up with issues like lockouts because owners yep. will rather be like, yeah, we'd rather not play. Yeah. than have this change. Yeah. And the NHL has not been good about lockouts. We, I think since we started watching, there has been either one or two, I can't remember, but there's yeah, been two, there's been two. Okay. Yeah. One and a half, technically nobody wants that. (laughs) Nobody wants that in terms of players, fans, uh, management. Yeah. Nobody wants that. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they manage this situation. Quite interesting because the PA has the new director with Marty Walsh. Mm -hmm. So just right in, there's already been a few topics that he's kind of got to get into. Like this is one, um, the whole Babcock situation was another one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we haven't yeah. even gotten to what's going to happen with the Olympics. Yeah. So I think having this new director, of the PA, he's really getting put through the paces like right off the bat. Yeah. So it'd be quite cool to see what he's up to. Yeah, definitely. All right. You guys uh, you got anything else for this episode? Not really. I think we gave everyone a lot of information. Yeah, <laughs> this, this was a lot of... Uh, dense. Dense things. So yeah, thanks for sticking along. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're this has been Glass Seats. We're out every week. You can catch us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. We're also on YouTube and Instagram. At Spud Network Podcast is the handle for mm-hmm. those two platforms. Uh, you can check out this show. and You can check out all of our other shows. And wherever you're listening to us or watching us, you can uh, leave us a comment, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is. Helps us grow the show. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.